You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. I've got a new profile picture up. I, I, I guess it's a big deal in the Twitter it's world. A huge you guys can go deal. ahead and check that out. It's a huge, it's a, it yeah, is a it's red whatever. alarm fire deal. <laughs> Everyone immediately go stop this podcast right now and immediately go check out his picture. And that's Landon McCool. <laughs> you guys can follow him at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? It sounds like you're already ready to go. You've got the hot takes hey, rolling. I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not the one... Uh, you know, flipping it around and and, uh, and changing things up and, and, and causing a ruckus on Twitter.com. I've kept the same Avi for a while now, so I can't believe people care that much <laughs> about either. it. It's kind of I insane. Can't either. It's, it's it's it was just funny uh, to watch everyone react. All right, coming up on today's show, it's our free agency extravaganza. We take a uh, look at a bunch of different names on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we look at some guys the Cowboys could be interested in during free agency. Now, we we created a big list of guys to pay attention to. Most of these guys are going to be second and third wave type of players. However, we did throw in a few premier guys that the Cowboys have to consider. Um, before we even get started with the list of names... Do you expect the Cowboys to be a little bit more aggressive this year in free agency than they have been in years past? You know, I, I think that I, I think that you know honestly that Stephen won't want to be necessarily, um, but I, I think that you know because of what happened with the Eagles this year, uh, I, I think it kind of gives them a certain amount of flexibility, or I guess cover, I guess is the best word, to, to try to maybe spend a little bit more money this year. I just think that, you know, you look at the way their cap is, you know, this is the last season that you're going to get a, a, a Romo hit, I think. Um, so, yeah, is, and yep. I just think that, you know, if it's to the point where, you know, now that that's coming off the books, you, you still got a year, or still got, yeah, at least another year of, of DAC. Um, on his on his cheap contract, and I, I I think you know all that kind of just adds up to you know the likelihood that this year and maybe next year could be uh, you know opportunities for them to spend some money in, in, in free agency because they're going to be able to work it out where they'll be able to uh, uh, you know figure figure out exactly uh, you know how to, to to spread that cash out in a way that it hits the the certain years right you know they have like a huge spreadsheet of, of all their contracts and they just kind of you know figure out how to plug the numbers in, in each year that, that basically make sure that it'll fit whatever cap projections they have so uh yeah I, I just think that because of that and because of uh they you know they, they have this year and, and next year of dex cheap contract that that is gonna um you know, allow them a little bit of coverage to their opportunity if they want to go out and get somebody or you know maybe make a trade for uh, somebody that that's got a contract that they uh, aren't they're willing to take on uh, because they like the player all right so we're going to go position by position looking at some of these guys and we'll go ahead and start with quarterback and I'm just going to tell you guys the quarterback market is going to be absolutely insane once we get to free agency. You already saw Jimmy Garoppolo getting the $137 million deal. We still have Kirk Cousins, who expected to hit the market. Drew Brees, who's probably going to be re-upped by the Saints. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's hit the market. Case Keenum, Sam Bradford. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with guys you know, like Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown. We'll see on all those. 
I don't expect the Cowboys to be that busy in terms of the quarterback market. The only guy that I can see them potentially bringing in is Mark Sanchez, a guy that worked with Dak pretty closely in his rookie year. Um, what were your thoughts on Sanchez, and would you be opposed to bringing him in on a cheap, you know, one-year veteran minimum deal? You know, I, I mean, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm a little bit torn because I feel like I, I do feel like he provided something for um, Dak when he was here, uh, and I, and I do kind of wonder if maybe a little bit of that was missing last year. Um, you know, but at the same time, I don't like. I still, I still want Cooper Rush to continue to get work and get opportunities as a second quarterback, and I think they may have found something in him. Um, it's, it's just tough to, you know, figure out. It's tough to bring. But could Sanchez be the third quarterback? I mean, you but, know, but, during the week, not get very many practice snaps. Yeah, he could, but it's like it. it I mean, what are you doing there now? Like, how much are you paying for Mark Sanchez to be a friend to Dak Prescott on the sideline? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're paying more than, I mean, you're paying as like you know more than your offensive coordinator and your quarterback coach probably. You know, it's like it's it just feels like it feels like it's probably. I mean, I don't know what he's willing to pay get paid. I mean, that's that's a big part of this, and obviously that's a big part of this whole conversation, but. It feels like for a guy who's going to take up a roster spot and is, uh, you know, probably going to command some money when you know you have an opportunity to really save a ton of money at the position with both your starter and your backup. It's a fair point. I just feel like it's 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 excessive, and I've seen a lot of other people talk about signing backup quarterbacks or bringing up names of backup quarterbacks, and I'm like, you made it through last year with a with a guy you like. Why are you trying to put somebody else? older in front of him and i and i understand the argument for you know what the i I, the argument that he's a a voice for dak is a legitimate argument i i certainly am not uh discounting that but what i am saying is that is that worth the cost and the uh the roster spot for 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 that just that and i don't know that it is yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see. My guess is that they're going to bring in somebody to at least be a competent camp arm. Um, you know, whether that's a uh, a guy later in the free agent process or after the draft. I, I don't expect them to go into the season with just Dak, Cooper Rush, and Zach Dysart. I, I have a feeling they're going to grab somebody else. All right, let's go ahead and move to running backs. Uh, this is another spot where I, I feel like the Cowboys are going to sign somebody here, and obviously it's not going to be... Uh, a guy at the top of the, be- the list. It's not going to be a Le'Veon Bell or Deion Lewis or Carlos Hyde, um, but they do need depth at that position. Right now, the only running backs on the roster are Ezekiel Elliott and Rod Smith. Um, so one guy that I'm at least keeping an eye on because he's familiar with Dallas um, is Lance Dunbar. Uh, he was gone last year, signed with the St. Louis Rams, is back uh, on the free agent market. I don't think he's going to command a lot of money, but that's a guy that the Cowboys are familiar with. He can fill a role as a pass-catching running back. Uh, would you be insert, interested in a Lance Dunbar reunion for the Cowboys? Not really. I mean, I just think that I just okay. think that you know, at a certain point, you got to roll forward, and 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 just he spent so much time on the team, and so but so much time in the training room. I mean, it's just it's tough to continue to just. It was tough to continue to justify each year bringing him back because he just, you know, it was so much potential, 
and then you know just kind of to sort of end up let, letting you down you know just by constantly being injured now you know he he goes to to Los Angeles for a year and and he comes back a year older now he's 28 and, and you know i just I think that there is some value in that in his in that that player. I, I think there's some value in that type of of of, of a skill set that I don't think the Cowboys necessarily they don't have. have a player like him no, on the roster. And, 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 yeah, no. they don't have one of those guys and, on the and roster. And I also think that that player is needed. And I also think, you know, as long as we're discussing it, they they missed Lucky Whitehead's role. And and I I think Absolutely. the combination of not having either of those two players really took a toll. I think they can get away with having one and not the other, but not having either was really difficult because they need a player who can with start start stop explosiveness, um, who can get who can get you know away from a player in a sort of two minute situation. I think that's what 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 Dunbar's really great at is creating. Uh, in situations where there was, there's not a lot to create, you know, like in in two minute situations where you're having to dump the ball off, and this guy is just quick enough to, you know, get some space before he gets tackled. Um, I, I just think that you, the other thing about the, that plays into all this equation is this is a great running back crop that's coming out in the draft. There's players yes, all is. over the draft that you can get. I, I just feel like at this point, it's probably time to move on. And here's the thing, too, with the Cowboys. They've got a bunch of compensatory picks coming, and I think they're probably going to have three fourth-round picks. That's the spot to grab a running back in this draft, is you use one of those late fourth-round picks, grab a guy, keep him on your you know a four-year deal, um, and let him develop into that pass-catching running back. Um, I'm just going to run through a couple of these names. You tell me if any of these guys stick out for you. Are, yeah. are you ready? Charles Sims, Jeremy Hill, Damian Williams, Terrence West, Alfred Blue, LeGarrette Blunt, Shane Vereen, Andre Ellington, Jamal Charles, Tavares Cadet, Brandon Oliver, Eddie Lacy, Taiwan Jones, Jordan Todman. Any of those guys you love? I mean, you know, look, uh, to me, I mean, a lot of those guys are, are guys that have produced, uh, you know, I think that you could get and, and do some things with, but I also think that, you know, this again, I point to the the draft classes coming out. I think any no none of those guys necessarily are going to make me shy away from going into this draft class for the. I mean, at least especially where, for where we are, it, you know, because I want I want right. somebody who is not going to be afraid to play special teams because he's going to be lower on the death chart for us. He's going to need to be, uh, you know, maybe more of a specialist guy because I really feel like, uh, I mean, not not, not necessarily like a. a Specifically, a specialist guy, but a guy that has got a, a special physical trait, a quickness, explosion, that sort of thing. Because if you want to get him on the field at all, you know he's going to need to make himself available as a pass catcher more than likely, it's sort of in a Lance Dunbar or a Lucky Whitehead role. Um, and I think that the only guy that kind of fits that sort of description in there is Shane Vereen. And 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 I, you know, to me, it's like, I mean, what's the difference between Shane Vereen and and uh, you know what? And Lance Dunbar ultimately. I mean, I, I think that you can. I, I think you fit. can go get. You know, again, you can go get that guy in, in in the draft. And I'll add one quick point here. I, if I had to guess, I think the Cowboys will probably wait until after April fifteenth. I think that's the cutoff line for the compensatory picks. 
and then they'll sign one of these guys to a non-guaranteed contract with very little, you know, very little guaranteed money, um, and then we'll they'll see what happens in the draft. So it won't surprise me if they grab one of those guys later in free agency, but don't expect a lot of action there early on. All right, let's move to receivers, my favorite position. And before we even get to the free agents, there is one guy that we need to talk about because he's been uh, kind of in the rumor mill lately, and that's Emmanuel Sanders of the Denver Broncos. There's been a couple reports today that he is on the trading block and the Denver might just go ahead and move on without him. Uh, there's been even a couple sources that suggest that he wants to come back to Dallas. Would Emmanuel Sanders interest you if you were the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, I think depending on what the cost is, you know, like, you know, we talked about pointing towards the draft and, and looking towards the draft. I mean, but, you know, you also pointed out that those we have those compensatory picks and those compensatory picks can, you know, be used for now that they can be traded, can be used in a lot of different ways to help improve the team. You know, I I think that Emmanuel Sanders um, is the kind of player that, we specifically have, you know, been talking about um, as someone who, uh, you know, kind of fits the, uh, the 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 type of Z receiver, you know, route runner, quick wins with quickness um, type guy uh, that 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 you know a, a veteran route runner, a a someone who's going to be able to create separation on their own. Um, I think he kind of fits that mold. Uh, if you know we wanted to go out and get a a kind of a more productive number two, now he's thirty years old. He's you know he's I don't know that how. But, I think he turns thirty one yeah, in March. I don't know yeah. how much you know left he has in him or what his level of 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 juice is, and and ultimately like is that any better than you know how much better is he than Terrence Williams versus what we would have to do to go get him, you know? Um, so I think that those are all very legitimate questions. And, and, and I think that these are things that you have to weigh, you know, he didn't have a great season last year. I mean, he was, but you know, the seasons, the three seasons before that, he was a thousand yard receiver um, each year. So, I mean, I, th- I just think that, you know, it, it that's the kind of thing that you just have to explore all these opportunities. It, it does sound like Denver because of their cap situation might be, uh, you know, uh, amenable to giving, you know, trading away a, 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 all, sorts, all sorts of players. So I, I think that, you, you know, you kind of just look at those opportunities one by one. I am all for upgrading the, the, the number two wide receiver position. Um, I like the idea of Emmanuel Sanders, but I, I think that the cost is really, really a big part of this because you already have so much invested in wide receiver that really, if you want to upgrade your best bet is to go through the draft just because it's limited on cost. I mean, you, you know, you lose opportunity with the picks, but, but the cost is a lot better. Um, and it makes it a lot more, I guess, digestible to be able to, you know, not spend so much money, but still be able to upgrade, uh, your, the talent pool at wide receiver, uh, through the draft. Yeah. And I feel like if, if Dallas wants to get Emmanuel Sanders, they're going to have to offer him a, a deal similar to what like Crabtree got a few years ago, like a two-year, $10 million deal. 
um, with like $5 million guaranteed. So that's the type of deal Dallas is going to be looking for. I agree that I think Emmanuel Sanders has a lot left. Um, I think he can come in here and be a really good number two receiver for at least the next two years. And ideally, I think you would like to pair Manny Sanders with uh, a draft pick, a guy that maybe you think has potential to grow into that role, and then by the time Sanders leaves, you have a guy ready to go. But let's look at some of the other names. Assuming Dallas keeps Des Bryant, they still need to add another guy to the rotation. And, it, and here's the thing. If they if they decide to cut Des Bryant, then they're going to have to get a receiver in free agency. I don't think they're going to have a choice. There's no way that they can wait until the draft to go grab their guy. Um, so let's just real quick, I'll run down some of the top free agents in this class. Sammy Watkins, uh, sounds like he is going to get the franchise tag. Jarvis Landry is going to hit the market, but I don't see Landry being an option in Dallas because he's primarily a slot receiver. Allen Robinson sounds like he's going to get the franchise tag. There's Marquise Lee, Paul Richardson, Terrell Pryor, Jordan Matthews, Mike Wallace. But the two guys that I highlighted, uh, the first one is Dante Moncrief for the Colts. Uh, the Cowboys wide receiver coach is now his his former one in Indianapolis. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Can you help me out, Landon? I'm, I'm sorry. The the name of the Cowboys wide receiver coach? Or the Colts wide receiver coach. Is it Sanjay? It sounds is Sanjay, but I can't remember what his last name is. Yeah. All right. Um, that's a guy I think has a lot of potential to be a number two receiver. Moncrief has got the size and the athleticism that the Cowboys want. Um, and the other guy is John Brown, uh, formerly of the Cardinals. Sanjay, another Sanjay guy that can Lau, play in the app. Sanjay Lau. Sanjay, Sanjay. Okay, good. Um, and John Brown, outside receiver, can play in the slot if you need to. He's got the speed to make plays down the field. He's just struggled to stay healthy over the last couple of years. Do either of those two guys do anything for you, Moncrief or Brown? Brown has the sickle cell trait issue, doesn't he? Yeah, correct. Okay, so, uh, and I believe that makes it yeah, hard for him to recover he's had a lot of from with, like, some soft, yeah, tissue, soft injuries. tissue injuries and stuff like that. I, you know, I liked John Brown a lot as, as a receiver. Um, you know, when he's on the field, but the, I mean, the health issues there have been real, and maybe, and he honestly has had the worst of it from all the people that I've seen. I, I think suffer through this so far. I mean, like he's like it's really. I mean, it, it feels like it's taken him out of like the last three seasons, like for huge portions of, mm-hmm. and so I, I just don't. I mean, again, like, what am I getting to go in and get this guy? Like, if he's talking about a, a cheaper deal, that might you know a prove it deal. I might be interested in there because I, I think that he has some talent there, and I think kind of along the lines of what we're talking about, he fits the bill of of, of what we were kind of interested in. Um, you know, I think Dante Moncrief is an interesting name. I think that you know the the, the potential is 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 all there. I mean, he's you know he's only twenty four years old, which is really really young for for a free agent. Um, you know, six two ish. You know, two, I mean, he's very similarly built uh, to Des Bryant. Uh, you know, and and I th- yes, he is. and I think he's. You know, I don't think he still is quite as polished as as Dez is, and not you know, not that Dez is the most polished you know, receiver in the NFL, but um, but he's also still very young. So I, I think that you know, and, and I think with with a, a, a coach like Lal, who's who's clearly got a reputation for being a teacher, um, I think there's opportunity there. I also am a big believer in Brown, so uh, Noah Brown. So I, I also think that you know he doesn't maybe have 
the athleticism of uh, Dante Moncrief necessarily, but I, I think that as a big X receiver, I think Brown uh, provides you something in the future. At this point, I, I want an itch, I, I'm interested in what's going on with the Z receiver, frankly. So um, a guy like Dante right. Moncrief to me is nice, but I, I just, you know, I've already got Noah Brown. I've, I like what I have in um, uh, in 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 Dez for right now. I, I I'm not I'm not of the mind that you're, I, I I don't think we should cut Dez. Um, I, I but I think that you know you can if you're going to think about the, your ex of the future, you've already got a guy who has shown shown you a little bit something, and then I think you could go get that guy in the draft. I don't necessarily want to go. Even though he get a twenty four year old, I, I don't necessarily want to go and get another free agent guy. I, I think with the, the the problem is the the money you're spending already at the position makes it not so palatable to go spend more money in free agency. See, I would be interested in Moncrief if he decided to take like a one year prove it deal if it's because cheap, he's been injured. I mean, yeah, but be- I just think that like a lot of these guys, I mean, it's going to need to be really cheap. Like it's going to need to be closer. It's going to be like closer to what to what like Butler made, I guess, you know, or less. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. You know, I just think that I don't know what the, what the demand is going to be for at the position for him. But but uh, you know, twenty four years old, I can imagine that you know he might he might get some interest interest somewhere. Yeah, he he he'll go for more than what like Bryce Butler got. But that would that's the type of player that I think could work out in Dallas. If you get a guy that has a lot of potential, um, that just hasn't worked out somewhere else, get him on a one year prove it deal, and then let him go next year. So, other than that, the, I I don't really love the rest of the receiver group. I, you've got just a lot of older guys like Eric Decker, who's going to be thirty one, Mike Wallace, who's th- going to be thirty two, Danny Amendola, uh, Andre Roberts, Justin Hunter. Again, I just don't see the Cowboys spending money here unless they cut Des Bryant because then I think they're going to be forced to. But um, let's go ahead and move on to tight ends. Uh, For the Cowboys, their tight end room is basically set. You have Jason Witten. You have Jeff Swaim. James Hanna is under contract. They like Blake Jarwin. And obviously they have Rico. So I don't see them making a move for a mid-level tight end because they've already got so many of those guys. The only guy that I, I put on our list that is interesting is Tyler Eifert. Um, and that's because the Cowboys had a lot of interest in him pre-draft. Maybe they th- could do the same thing with Eifert that I suggested with Moncrief, give him a one-year deal. Um, but I don't see I don't see Eifert taking that. I'm sure that some team on the market is going to offer him a bunch of money. Um, any real quick thoughts on the tight end position in free agency? <clears throat> Not really. I just don't know that there's going to be a ton. I think that they've got a couple guys down roster that they like. You know, I don't know what's going on with Hannah. Um, but I think that they like Jarwin. They like a little bit they saw of him in training camp and in the regular season, um, and they like Swaim. So I think that um, I think you know they're probably not going to be ready to spend big money on uh, on a, on an Ertz yet. You know I think more likely that eventually they're going to you know go that direction in the draft at some point, but but not yet. So uh, yeah, I think Correct. I think tight end isn't so much of a a big thought at this point. All right, are you ready to move on to the fun position? Yeah, you ready to talk let's about do some it. Yeah, climbing? absolutely. All right, so if we had to guess, we're, we're, the Cowboys are probably going to spend some money on 
their offensive line because they need a swing tackle. They need a left guard. I don't think they can go into the draft without having at least somebody there. Um, at, we talked about this last week. Jonathan Cooper is a free agent. Joe Looney is a free agent. They don't have anybody on the roster that they can play that spot. Um, you know, we they need to get a swing tackle, like I mentioned before. So let's run down through some names. And before we talk about anybody, we got to talk about Andrew Norwell from the Carolina Panthers. Probably the best uh, offensive lineman on the market. Lainey, give us your thoughts on Norwell. Well, I just wanted to include him here just because, you know, we. I think it's important to consider all these options. And I, I think, you know, it's of my belief, and it's been my belief for a little bit, that you know, I actually, you know what, I take this back a little bit. This hasn't always been my belief. But I do think that I, I have kind of changed maybe my tune a little bit about this overall or at least swung hard this direction. But I am really now strongly believe that because you have three great offensive linemen, that doesn't mean that you should skimp on the other two. Um, and I, I think that you know they aren't necessarily skimping at all with Lael Collins. I mean, clearly they made that position because that, that, that they thought he had long-term um, potential there. You know, I think we talked about before the season the concerns that we had with what the you know downstream problems of that were going to be, and I think you know all throughout Cowboys Nation we identified different reasons or different ways to solve that. Um, you know, and there was camp of Cooper Camp, and then uh, you know Green Camp, and and you know, it turns out we were all wrong that any of this was going to solve any of this. That they, they, they were, yeah, nobody they were was both right. Pretty bad. If anybody's taking victory yeah. laps, if anybody's taking victory laps on Twitter, they're 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 well. Foolish. I mean, they, you know, they can take the laps, but it's yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we congratulations on being you know as depressingly sad that we were wrong, um, but you know, I mean, I, I think. My point here is that I think the Cowboys need to figure something out in the other guard position. I, I think that especially when you consider what you're going, what's going on in the division, you've got a murderer's row of of interior defensive players on on all throughout your you know your your division. We, you know we're gonna have to look at the kid from Alabama next next year uh, as he comes back from his injury. What was his name? Allen from last year in Washington, yep. and then you know we've already got. Fletcher Cox and then um, you know Snacks, which you know maybe the two of the best defensive tackles in all of football. So I just think that you know there isn't a reason to find a way to fortify that solidly instead of trying to nibble around the position. Now whether that means you know investing a high high being top 100 pick in at the position of left guard or going out and getting an Andrew Norwell who you know is an unrestricted free agent and really building a you know, true great wall. I just think that it's, it's has value to do that. And I think that the future of the NFL is going to be less spending on the outside of these positions where you're going to have these kind of a whole bunch of wide receivers, maybe not a true wide receiver one. And, and the, the real value should be placed again, as it should be in the middle of the field on the offensive and defensive lines. All right, so let's talk about a couple of these names. We mentioned Norwell. He's the stud of this class. He's going to be a guy that I expect to kind of demand Coletio Semele money. You're looking at probably 
what, 11 to 12 million per year for Norwell. Just those elite guards don't hit the uh, the market very often. So I, I, as good as he is, I just can't envision the Cowboys spending money uh, on Norwell. But some of these other options are interesting. Um, I'll read you some of the names that we have uh, written down. Uh, Chris Hubbard from Pittsburgh. Uh, he is a guy that's played center, tackle, and guard for Pittsburgh. Um, he kind of reminds me of Jeremy Parnell in the sense that he is a raw guy, but once he gets onto a team where he gets starter snaps, he is going to be fantastic. Uh, did a great job filling in for Marcus Gilbert this year. Uh, DJ Fluker played with the Giants last year, I believe. He's another massive uh, guard who I, I, I'm not sure how he fits into his own scheme. Uh, Andre Smith, uh, former tackle of the Bengals. Maybe that's a guy that Paul Alexander brings over and makes him the swing tackle. Uh, Chantal Henderson from Buffalo, a super talented right tackle who has had trouble staying on the field. And the last one I want to mention is Russell Bodine, uh, another Bengal product. Uh, Started a bunch of games for the Bengals over the last four years, has experience at center and guard. So any of those names interest you, Landon? Andre Smith, um, I think I like him a lot because I I think just for what we're talking about him doing – um, he'd be a good fit. I think that he, you know, has the the kind of physical talent that it maybe didn't get completely uh, unleashed, or at least it went a little bit unnoticed at, at Cincinnati. I mean, he was one of those, you know, that that <laughs> line of uh, you know, kind of sloppy looking, overweight offensive tackles that came out of Alabama, and um and. Yeah, do you remember his pro day picture? It just no shirt, just flopping all around. Yeah, was it him, was it it's him or quite, was it quite an image? What's his name that followed him? Mount Cody. Yeah, it was Cody. Him, Cody, him and Mount yeah. Cody both had bad but, ones. But I think Smith ended up being a better player than people than people remember. That I think, and I I, I mm. think that you know he 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 went high, and and I think people view him as not necessarily a good player, but I think he gave, you know, Cincinnati some good years there. So I, I think that ultimately, um, I think that ultimately he could be a guy that, you know, with a change of scenery, but with the same coach and, 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 and with a kind of different job description, uh, he, he could, he could be a good fit in, uh, as a, as a tackle here. Can I mention one more guy that I like quite a bit who I think would make a lot Who's of sense? That? Uh, that's Justin Pugh for the Giants. Yeah, I think he was their, I think he was their best offense lineman over the last three years. Played right tackle, I believe, for them this year. He's played guard in the past, and that's actually his best yeah. spot is playing inside at guard. He just doesn't have the arm length. But that's a guy that I think if you get him on a decent deal, you know, a three-year deal worth you know twelve million a year, I think that player makes a lot of sense for Dallas. Yeah, I think that uh, you know Pugh is a great guy be- for that because I think that. I agree. You know, he his issue in New York was expectation game, right? He got drafted as a tackle when he shouldn't have been drafted as a tackle, and he got drafted too high as a tackle. And so when he got moved inside as guard, um, he, I think, just kind of, you know, it's it's just one of those situations. It was a lot like Doug Free, you know, where, where Doug Free moved to left tackle, struggled because it's hard to move from right to left tackle, um, and then you know, yes. finally figured out left tackle, then moved back to right tackle. Uh, but 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 like everyone just kind of 
always thought that he you know viewed him through the lens of this contract that he signed eventually and never gave him the due that he was deserved and and I think that with Pew it, it's a situation where it wasn't his fault that they tried him outside he should have been a guard from the first place uh and and now I think you know a change of scenery is going to be good for him and, and Pew's another guy I, I agree like you know, I don't know that he's like a difference maker at the position, but I think he's probably an above average starter if you wanted to at least put him in there. Like, I'd like him more than I'd like a DJ Fluke or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, maybe yep. even more than a Muhort. You know, I just think, I I think that, it, it, you know, if, if your floor is to go get a Justin Pugh, then that's great. Um, and I'll mention one quick thing on Pugh. This year for Pro Football Focus, he, he, he graded out as one of the, not a very good tackle this year, but in the previous two seasons in 2015, 2016, graded out as a top 10 guard. So again, this is a guy that has that position flex that you want. I don't think you're, he's going to cost you a bunch on the market. Um, just an eye, a guy to keep an eye on. Overall, this tackle guard class is pretty deep. There's a lot of guys in there that I think can be average to above average starters. Um, look for the Cowboys to find at least one guy that they like there. We mentioned on last week's show that they could go out and try to get some former Bengals in Jake Fisher and Cedric Aboye. Um Just keep an eye on those two guys. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will have part two of this podcast coming out next week. We will make sure to preview all the defensive guys the Cowboys could be interested in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.